Are you a fan of one of the three high schools in the town of Fort Mill? Well, you've come to the right place to catch up on all the information surrounding your favorite team. We're just three old dudes who love high school athletics and love the town of Fort Mill. Call us, the Mouthy Milltowners. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Mouthy Milltowners. That gentleman right there is Keith Cook. That's Mac Banks to my left. I'm John Turner. We have a special guest tonight who's actually sitting in the, air quotes, studio with us. Uh, he's brave enough to do that. The <laughs> first one to be able to actually sit in on the podcast. We've gotten interviews, but they've been face-to-face, um, and this was gonna, this one's going to be in real time. So, uh, and <laughs> good luck to you as best as I can say. We promise you more basketball talk. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into basketball talk. I want to welcome in our special guest tonight, Fort Mill basketball star Gabe Tupers in the house with us tonight. Yeah. Round of applause. How are you guys Yay. doing? All right. Hey, first of all, thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. Yes, sir, of course. Uh, we know that uh, being a student athlete um, takes up a lot of your time. You have a lot of uh, – Fort, Fort Mill is academically unforgiving as it is. And then, you, of course, you have basketball practice on top of that. Uh, so we really appreciate your time for sure. Um, and also thank you to Coach and to your dad for allowing yeah, us course, to do this. Of course. Of course. Uh, so let's do something a little unorthodox. Before we get to the basketball team, let's find out who Gabe Tuper is. Where are you from? From Kankakee, Illinois. Little south side of Chicago. Say that again? Kankakee, Illinois, south side of Chicago. Just don't ask me to spell south. it and we'll be fine. Yeah, so we'll outside, outside of Chicago. So um, so how does a youngster from the outskirts of Chicago get to little Fort Mill, South Carolina? Well, my mom did not want to live in Illinois any longer. So my dad got a job down here about six years ago and we just moved down here. Been here for six, seven years now. So, uh, Mr. Tooper, I'm going to go ahead and let you in on a little secret. If Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Very so that's a good move. Absolutely. Mom runs the house. Mom runs the house. That's yes. the way it should be. Absolutely. So, you've been in Fort Mill now for how many years? Six or seven. Six or seven. So, you played basketball in middle school and high school here. What's yes, that been like? And can you tell us a, a, any differences between ball in Chicago versus here? I mean, honestly, I was pretty young when I was playing down there, but just more of a team aspect down here I'd say it's more down there is I mean I was in fifth grade fourth grade or whatever but it was more individual ball I'd say down here we got a good squad down here team ball down here and you have some siblings right you're the oldest of yes sir I got two little brothers 13 year old 14 year old and 11 year old now are they ball players as well both of them both of them yes sir all right so they're following in big brother's footsteps they in should. that regard they're gonna be better than me though they're hopefully. gonna be better than yes, you they should you be. really think so I believe so I, right. Well, so I have three nephews up in Ohio that play basketball, and it's the same thing. It's the next guy is always better than the big brother because the big brother's been knocking them around, you know, all their life. Yeah, so yeah. they figured out how to play a little bit better. So I could see that. So what you're saying is, is that Gabe beats on his siblings. That's what you're telling me? That's, that's, I'm not no, saying that or. What you're suggesting? <laughs> no, I'm not suggesting <laughs> no, okay. he do that. Right. But Only I know basketball. how boys Only are. Basketball. Only basketball. <laughs> Only basketball. Okay, right. good. Now we got that clarified, but. Um, we're certainly glad to have you. We're certainly glad to have you in the town of Fort Mill. What do you? What are your likes? What are your pet peeves? And and what are some things that you could live without? Ooh, my favorite thing to do is just hang out with my friends and my brothers. Me and my brothers are really close. Always been the rest of my life. Um, hang out with my friends pretty much every weekend. But besides that, I'm pretty dedicated to basketball in general. I'm always playing basketball or lifting weights. Doing homework, that's about it, honestly. What's your pet peeve, your biggest one? I don't know, honestly. 
my brothers, when they leave stuff out just in the house, like making a mess or something. I'm not a very messy person. I come in, the bathroom's just destroyed sometimes. <laughs> I thought he was going to say his biggest pet peeve was talking to us old guys. <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting that way very quickly. I can see I'm having a good time. Sure. I'm having a good time. <laughs> so um, so I, I love to ask this. Tell us one thing you could live without. It can be anything. Anything. Definitely not your phone. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like I could go without my phone. Oh. Watch pretty much just watch basketball when I'm at home on TV, hang out with my brothers. I could go without my phone, but I could go without homework for the rest of my life, probably. Yeah. Oh, amen to that. Well, yeah. go ahead and let you in on a little dirty secret. When you get into the a, the air quotes real world. Homework is the least of your problems, um, and usually you have homework. It's it's, it's called working from home uh, for some poor saps. But um, <laughs> let's get into basketball a little bit. Um, you're coming off your junior year, Fort Mill High School, one of the so, best years Fort Mill's had in, in several years, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially under Coach Dwayne Harso, who, by the way, you could be on a team that sets history this year. Yeah, He's nine yeah. wins away from becoming – the winningest coach in the school's That's history. Right. I know that. He could be on that team that does that. Um, and uh, I asked him if, if, if nine wins was achievable. He was like, man, I don't know about all that. <laughs> you know how he's saying that, right? I know that, he is, right? yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but, so, obviously, going from the, the junior team last year, uh, or excuse me, you were a junior on the team last year. You were one of the team leaders then. What's it like coming into this year? You're a senior. You're powerful. You're the leader of the team. What's that been like? What's that change like now that Kyle's not there and some other guys aren't there? Yeah, we just needed – you know, we only lost four seniors last year, but we just had a few more guys try and step up this year. Trying to, My main point right now is just be a vocal leader on court, even in the locker room, just try and run the team. But we've had a few transfers come in too, um, new freshmen come in too. we got a good squad, lots yeah, of leaders. P.J. Washington, he looks pretty good. Uh, Braden McCain. Yep. Uh, he looks pretty good. His brother, uh, is it Christian, I believe? Christian. Christian. Uh, he looks pretty good as well. So yeah. you're right. Some excitement there for sure. Uh, do you feel like nine wins is achievable? We should win nine games, hopefully. And so last year, seven and one in region play. That's really, really hard to do in region mm. three, five A, especially coming into this year, losing a guy. Yeah. Kyle Nebs don't yeah. just fall from the trees. But you add Blythewood and the unknown of Spring Valley into that mix as well, and then bringing Rock Hill back into the fold, that's got to make it a little bit harder this year than it has been. Yeah, we're gonna. it's going to be a tough region for sure this year. A lot better competition, I'd say, this year. But I think I think we're still achievable, you know, win the region. We should have a good team again. Even better team, I'd say, than last year, for sure, talent-wise. Get all the right pieces together, and we're good to go this year. Now, do you, in your own – and there's no right or wrong answer here, but – is being region player of the year a goal, or is it just, hey, let's just win some ball games, get to the playoffs, and make some noise? Yeah, I mean, for sure a goal, but I'm really just focused on I want to win a state championship this year. That's all I want this year. That's it. Now, personally, I've watched you grow from being uh, a scrawny six foot yeah, five yeah. to what you are today, which is a full-grown man. I mean, you really <laughs> hit the weight room really hard. Uh, you can tell your diet's in the right direction. Mm -hmm. What kind of – pull back the curtain and let the folks know what's some of the, the discipline things you have to, to really pay attention to food-wise, athleticism-wise. What what's that like? Yeah, biggest thing for me was 
getting in shape was just hitting the weight room. Going into junior year, I was, I don't know, probably 170 pounds, super skinny. Put on probably 30 pounds, about 200 pounds right now. And I kept my diet clean. I wasn't I wasn't super healthy kid back then, but I'm eating a lot of good food now, keeping healthy. So just things like that. Drinking a lot of water, too. It's probably the biggest thing for me, staying hydrated. Yeah, is Coach Hartson one of those? You hear Coach Collier and some other coaches on campus say, you got to drink half your weight in water every he day. He loves to tell us to drink water every day. Yeah, but, um, that and you can't be listening if your mouth is moving. That's one of his favorite lines as well. But one thing that colors color me jealous during practice and even during warmups, I noticed you just you play above the rim. You go above the rim. You can slam it with one hand where the rim barely rattles. It seems just effortless. What I got to be honest. What's that like? Because I, I I could barely touch the rim at my peak in high school. It's honestly one of the best things I've ever done. You know, just getting up there dunking on people. It's probably my favorite thing to do in basketball. Um, Coach Mitchell, our he's like a strength trainer now. He's really helped my growth just my um, with my legs. Honestly, just being able to jump higher this year. So he's a big factor in that. Now, in your younger years at Fort Mill, there were times where you seem to be more emotional than you are today. Um, tell us what like what that journey has been like to go from, hey, on basketball, you're going to run your mouth a little bit, so is the opponent. That's just part of the game. A, a lot of players go through that, but you've shown a lot of maturity as each year has gone by. Tell us about that journey. Yeah, I used to have a little bit of hothead, not going to lie, sometimes, but learned to mature a little bit. Coach Hartzell's yelled at me a few times, got me straight. So is my dad. Dad yells at me all the time, too, on the court. But just learn to keep my mouth shut on the court, play a game, win basketball games. That's what I'm there for. Well, especially knowing that now you're you're a senior. Yes, sir. And so the, the younger uh, players are going to look to you to be not only the leader on the floor, but the emotional leader uh, yeah, in the clubhouse as well. Yeah, set an example. Yeah, what's that responsibility like? Is it something where you feel like, wow, this is a lot, or is it just come naturally to you? No, I, I like it. I I love doing that. I'm pretty close with the, the younger kids on the team this year, too, which is good. So hopefully they look up to me this year and uh, just follow what I'm doing, how I'm acting on the court. Hopefully I'll be level-headed the whole season. So, Well, we uh, obviously we wish you the best of luck. Keith and Mac, you got anything for the, for the youngster? Just wondering, I mean, obviously your game is going to be getting college coaches' attention and stuff like that. What are your – kind of goals for, for that and where do things stand with you signing with somewhere? I mean, I'm sure people are blowing you up regarding that. Yeah, I, I only got – I've got two offers right now, Roanoke and Bridgewater. But I've been talking to a ton of coaches. I just need a few more. Give me a chance and good. Um, talk to Western Carolina a lot, College of Charleston. I even talked to Air Force, American University, a bunch of different schools. I've just got a lot of interest right now. So hopefully after this – I'll probably sign after the basketball season this year at some point. Okay, because, I mean, I mean as I've been watching you for the past three or four years as well, and, and I know as you've progressed, your game has progressed, I knew, you know, you can mm. pick out coaches in the stands. You know, they yeah, all kind of yeah. look the same. They're all wearing – you know, the one guy will show up with, like, a whole outfit decked in college. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, so that's a college coach. So you can usually pick them out, and I've seen them in the stands. So, yeah, I was just knew you were probably – getting offers and getting looks from colleges. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, big things coming. Yeah, I'll add uh, best of luck to you, first of all. Thank I mean, you. Thank even, you. Though, even though 
we're on the opposite sides, being from Nation Ford and, and you all with Fort mm-hmm. Mill. Uh, we want our kids in the town to do very well. So best of luck it. to you. Thank you. So that being said, what's the one game that you want to win this year, if there is one? You so, can say Nation Ford. It's always Nation Ford. Okay. <laughs> always Nation Ford. It's always the most fun game of the year, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, you know a lot of the guys, obviously, yeah. so it's a lot of fun, I'm sure. Good friends with J.J. Rembert, too. So okay, good. We got a little bet going on. He's a good player. <laughs> yeah, he's a, a great player. Going to play at the college level, too. He'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. And and we talked about the question marks of, of Blythewood and Spring Valley. Mm-hmm. Well, to be frank, Nation Ford's a question mark. New coach, yeah, yeah. Uh, new players. There was a, a, a lot of – uh, comings and goings with the Falcons. So it would be interesting to see. But how many of those players do you know across town you feel pretty good about what they can do? You know they're going to be athletic. Yeah, they'll be a good team this year. Build around J.J. for the most part. Caden will be good. Caden's a big kid. Um, feed him down low. They should be good. They should be a lot better than last year, I think so, for sure. Well, we want to thank you for your time. I'm going to be real selfish here right now and say if you went to the college of Charleston, it <laughs> wouldn't break my heart because my wife and I go down there for Cougar basketball games all the time with our daughter being yeah. – a junior down at CFC, and uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, Coach Pat Kelsey, it, it's good that you're getting used to being yelled at because there's something Coach <laughs> Pat Kelsey does really well, and he also, his line is, he makes coffee nervous, so if you go to <laughs> play for the Cougars, be prepared. He's, he might be the number one guy in terms of that type of yeah. uh, situation. <laughs> yes, he does. So, But, ladies and gentlemen, Gabe Tuper of the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets. Gabe, thanks so much for your time, buddy. Thank we you. appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Thank you. Gabe Tuper, the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets. Thanks so much for his time. Um, a student athlete in the town, in uh, mm-hmm. all three high schools in this town. Academically, they're just they're tough. I mean, they'll let's not pull any punches. So you've got to be really, really good in the classroom. You've also got to be really good on the floor uh, to accomplish what Gabe is accomplishing. So, uh, just amazing stuff. And he, what a genuine young man. Oh, great attitude. I mean, he he. He knows what he needs to do to be a leader on this uh, Yellow Jacket basketball team. And, uh, I mean, he definitely has a bright future, which we all want that to happen here. And the thing is with him, like last year, you could tell, you know, Kyle Nebs was around and, and he was kind of Kyle's team. But you knew that when Kyle left with graduation that it's it's Gabe's team now and, and – you know, and you kind of saw that coming. You saw that that one-two punch last year, and um, you know, hopefully there'll be a a Robin to his Batman this coming basketball season because you know that would be, that would be helpful for everybody. A lot of times, a, a a kid that doesn't play as much as he has in the past will look up to somebody like him, and maybe follow in his lead. And we've seen that with a lot of the different sports here in town, that uh, the the one superstar on the team was that younger person and then they took they took their cues from the older leaders and 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 it's filtered down and so hopefully that happens here for Fort Mill. Yeah, and they they are they should be good. I mean, the one good thing about Fort Mill basketball and and under Dwayne Hartso is you know, they could lose everybody. They could graduate everybody, bring in new team, new players, but like coach Hartso has like a system and if you run his system you know, things work out. But you got to run, you know, the guy's got a basketball IQ off the charts. And if you run his system and run what he wants, you know, it things work out. And you could tell even during games if they 
he says, run this, and then they don't for whatever reason or one person doesn't do their part and something falls apart and they don't score, you know, you can tell. And he's like, you know, you got to run the whole system. So that's that's one good thing about having a coach heart so and, and having a coach that isn't just, uh, all right, guys, here's the basketball, put it in a, put it in a hoop, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Just run a gun. running gun type of thing, right? Yeah. So. There are three things that Dwayne Hartsoe, uh he he harps on them for for lack of a better term. You better be good at shooting free throws. Mm-hmm. You better be good at playing defense. That's a want to. You got to be really really good at that. But you're right, Mac. Uh, move the basketball. Uh, run the set. Run the set that's called. There's a reason he's called the set that he has. He's seen something uh, that that most of us haven't seen. Uh, yep. Quite honestly. Uh, in the five or six years I've been broadcasting the games for Coach Hartsoe, I've learned more basketball in that short period of time than I have my entire life before that combined. Uh, so a, a great teacher, not only to the young folks, but to old folks like myself as well. And, um, but you, you sit down and talk basketball with him, it just flows. I mean, he just he loves it. And l- real quick, uh, when he got into coaching, he mm-hmm. wanted to be a baseball coach. But ended up being a basketball coach, but Coach Morris don't do it with Fort Mill baseball. <laughs> wanted to be a basketball coach, but he spent the last forty-seven years doing baseball. So, oh, gosh. little funny thing there. But I mean, and you could tell he's successful. I mean, he's he, Coach Arthur has got a state championship, you know, under his belt. He's won over three hundred games, four hundred, four hundred. I knew it was at least over. Th- well, you know, you got to can't Triple get to four until you get to three. So he's won over three hundred. <laughs> so he's they won over four. Be no mad. Um, but yeah, so obviously he's been successful, and like we've been talking about this year, he could very well become the winningest head coach on the hardwood for Fort Mill. So that that's something that um, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing. So hopefully, uh, you know, it was kind of like the Michael Allen thing with with Nation Ford. He came into the season needing a couple wins to you know tie and. Sur- you know, eventually surpasses dad and, uh, you know, obviously there's more basketball games and football games, but, um, you know, Coach Hartzell needs nine wins to tie it, ten to pass. So uh, it'll be interesting. I'm sure they can get it this year. Oh, I think they will. And uh, and it's not that Fort Mill basketball's history is – it's not been down. It's no, not that no. at all. They're, they're state championships in basketball – uh, 2008, I believe, 2007, 8, yeah, that year. And then um, – That was right before he got here. That was under right, Bailey Jackson. that was under so Bailey, Bailey Jackson. Jackson and other great basketball. So, it's not like my, – my point is, is that it's not that he's becoming the best of a sorry lot. He's be, he's going to become the best of a really great group, a laundry yeah. list of really good basketball coaches that have gone on to do great things. Yeah, and, and if you're wondering, the record um, is held by – Former late coach Jim Walser coached in the 70s, guided Fort Mill to their only other basketball state title in the 70s. I think it was either 73 or 74. There's a banner hanging from the rafters in the uh, Fort Mill gym. Um, I'm trying to picture it now, but I can't. So it's either 73 or 74. It's blue with gold letters. Yes, it's blue with gold letters. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, a guy by the name of Chuck Stegall was either – part of that team somehow or somehow associated with that team well he he i'm not going to confirm or deny that he was but what i will tell you about chuck stegall is 
He's the first person in Fort Mill High School history to win a state championship as a player at Fort Mill High School and as a coach at Fort Mill High School. By the way, his ladies won the 2022 5A softball state championship. So I can tell you that he does have a state championship as a player, and that might be they're probably yeah might be from that yeah. era. And if yeah. you think about how old Chuck is and how long he's been at coaching, do the math. Here we go with math again. <laughs> it, it makes sense. And then Travis, you know, was very close to doing that same thing, which oh, would have been very yeah. cool. Yeah, and 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 Chuck still would have been the first one because right. it would have been by a day. Yeah, because <laughs> softball was played Friday night, and, some yeah. found, and, and uh, baseball was played Saturday, so yeah. there would have been that asterisk, right? right. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying rights. to think through people who have state championship as coaches, and. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, and at I mean, their own school, which is you know that's, right, right, yeah, that's incredible. So I was trying to think like people like Lindsey Hawkins with swimming and and stuff like that, but I don't know if yeah, I have to rack my brain, and that's as easy as that sounds. It's sometimes <laughs> difficult. Yeah, and we're going to talk about uh, Nation Four basketball more uh, next week. We're going to talk about the the coaches over there and talk about. The changes there. We're also going to touch on Catawba Ridge basketball as well. Uh, by the way, in case you're wondering, uh, and and I think Keith actually mentioned it during the Gabe interview, they're going to tip this bad boy off next Monday. Uh, it's the Milltown Basketball Classic. Uh, the girls tournament, I believe, this year is at Nation Ford. Mm-hmm. The boys tournament this year will be at the Hive. Yep. And if I remember the schedule correctly, I know Fort Mill's in the eight o'clock game on that first day, but uh, Nation Ford and Catawba Ridge, they're all going to be a part of the shindig, and it'll be interesting to see how they fare, uh, the changes at Nation Ford, but what Mac mentioned last week, which was Catawba Ridge, their basketball program more than likely is going to have to tip the season without some of its football players, but uh, we shall see. But speaking of Catawba Ridge football, uh, how about a Friday night for them? And I'll tell you what, that was that was the dream start for Coach Zach Lindak uh, with that victory over North Augusta. Uh, the final score was 34, 34, 37, 14. 37, 14 is right. what I was we thinking. Were there were a lot of sevens, threes, you. and fours right. in But there. it was a 14-0 <laughs> lead math. by Catawba Ridge right off the top. Uh, they were just on fire offensively. They were on fire defensively. It was Tyler Fickus at quarterback running them in for the touchdowns, uh, jumped out to a 14-0 lead. And then Coach Zach Lindak in the postgame alluded to it. Then they sort of started playing to the scoreboard, not the standard, and back came the Jackets. Yeah, they. Uh, it, was, it was one of those things in the second quarter where North Augusta got the ball and just held on to it. And I think you had mentioned this, and it kind of clued me in. Between the first and second quarter, they had one drive that went eight and a half minutes. And it took really six and a half minutes out of the second quarter. Catawba Ridge only had the ball twice in the second quarter, and each time had to punt both times. So they went in with a 14-7 lead at half and really came back out and, and started to play, as Coach Lindak likes to say, you know, the Catawba Ridge way. And then, you know, had a 21-7 lead after three quarters and then really just really blew the doors off the thing in the fourth quarter. Shut out um, the uh, Yellow Jackets in the fourth quarter and, and pretty much sealed the deal. 
Well, it was the DJ Curry show on the one drive from North Augusta. Right. They went to that A-gap run. And Matt Quinn, head coach of North Augusta, the style he runs on offense, very similar to what Coach Zach Lindak runs. In fact, Coach Lindak said it was like looking in a mirror. And when you see it live and in person, he was right. It, they look eerily similar. <laughs> but, yeah, that's just one Excuse of those me. things where, you know, it's, it is like playing yourself. And, and to be able to, you know, kind of prepare to play yourself, that's, that's you know, I would think harder to do because you know what you do and you know how you think and set things up. And if you guys are running the same offense, roughly the same style, you know, how do you defend against that? And so you have it to really – It does make it harder. Really? Uh, it really does. Even if you know the playbook, buy it's into still it, tough. Yeah. You, you know what's coming, but you still have to stop it. And on that eight-and-a-half-minute drive by North Augusta, it wasn't like Katabariz just laid down and died. That wasn't at all. The Jackets had to convert not one but two fourth-down right. conversions. Which was um, key, obviously. Which, which absolutely was key. Uh, but the change that Katabariz made in the second half was they turned that valve off and that forced the North Augusta Yellow Jackets to go to the perimeter or throw the football. And what I saw on film was if they were going to drop back the pass, Hamilton and Miraja and Sines and Atkins, their eyes were going to light up like a kid on Christmas morning because they pinned their ears back and went after them, and they did. And one thing that the North Augusta defense did in the second quarter, which they kind of didn't do as much in the second half, is they were they were bringing everything at Ficus kitchen sink and everything where they they were you know stacking a box rushing him making him get out of the box and, and run around and trying to throw it and you know when they tried running it when Cotterbridge tried running it you know they really didn't get anywhere in that second quarter so the Copperheads adjusted well at halftime um, you know Coach Lindak said they, that you know they got a butt chewing and. They really adjusted well, and and with the win, you know, this is another historic season for Catawba Ridge football, but with the win, they picked up their 11th win on the season, and that is a first for this town to have a football team with 11 wins. You know, and and Fort Mill's done it with uh, football. Most they've won is 10 wins on uh, three or four occasions in the 70s and 90s, but... You know, 1973, for, 19, 90, 1993, 1998. Yeah, so, yeah, those those are some good teams for Fort Mill. And the most that um, NAFO has is a nine-win season, mm-hmm. which – Ten. Ten. They did reach ten wins. I did double-check that. Max Preps has it wrong, by the way. It, it was ten victories for the Falcons. They went ten and five. 2016. That's when they reached uh, right. the upper state championship. Yep. Against and Northwestern. They, and they, yeah, and they lost it to – to Northwestern at District 3. I think the final of that was 33-20. It wasn't a blowout. Mm-hmm. And Falcons were right there. But, yeah, so 11 wins in a season. Um, and, and so they go from being Milltown champions, finishing second, and arguably the hardest region in 4A football, to now 11 wins on the season. But job not done. And Coach Lindak talked about it. As 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 well as North Augusta played in the second quarter, he felt like a Tiber Ridge played about as bad as they could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when you looked at it, there were missed tackles on that drive. There were three missed tackles by the Copperheads that were huge on that one drive. And then, uh, to be honest, Ficus was a little bit off, offensive line a little bit off in that second quarter. Man, into the third quarter, and to me, 
to me, the thing that really just sealed it was Cohen Cozell hitting that 39-yard field goal, left-footed kicker on the right hash. It sounds trivial. I'm telling you, it's not. On Mm -hmm. a wet surface, an artificial surface, a left-footed kicker, right hash, that means he's got to draw that thing. Yeah. That's really hard to do, and he kicked a dog out of it. Well, I think it would have been player. good from about 55. I mean, he Well, and it. you got to contort your body on a kick like that from that But place. I think so, him being a soccer player helped tremendously. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But the reason I think it was so huge is that at that time in the game, it made it a two-possession football game that changes your, your play calling because now Coach Quinn of North Augusta has got to be more aggressive and that played right into the hands of Coach Rust, the defense coordinator for Catawba Ridge, and the way that they play football. And uh, and then there, Mama, there's that man again, Ira Mister, in the fourth quarter, made a huge tackle for loss that killed a drive for North Augusta and then ripped off two huge runs at running back. So another t- two-way star for Catawba Ridge does it again. Yeah, I think Mister really just, you know, they already had a 10-point lead at that point. But having him just come in and give Tyler Jones some relief and having him, you know, pull off these huge runs that got them into the red zone, got them down to the goal line, and then having Tyler Jones come back in and kind of seal the deal and, and score, obviously that puts the game out of, out of reach for North Augusta. And we'll f- I just want to say this. We, we don't say this name enough when we talk about Catabra's football. Uh, we felt like the defensive player of the game was Sheldon Crawford. Mm. Uh, and, pick and, six, yeah. and he had the 35 or 36 yard pick six but think about the the number of tackles he had a tackle for loss as well the coverage he had a pass broken up as well and he sort of to, to me in my opinion anyway he's sort of that forgotten guy because you hear about Mirage you hear about Evan Hamilton you hear about Donna Williamson you hear about Brody Tessamali Sheldon Crawford's out there going hey hoo over in the corner I'm pretty good too and, and he is Heck of a football. Yeah, and Tessa Molly got an interception in the first quarter earlier in the game. I think on North Augusta's either first or second drive. So yeah, he got he didn't score, but he got a he got an interception which gave the ball back to Catawba Ridge and led to Figgis's second scoring touchdown, running touchdown. Now what ended up happening with the brackets? So the South Point Stallions went to Greenville Serene Stadium and got beat by the Red Raiders twenty four twenty. So what does that mean? That means that Catawba Ridge, unfortunately, has to go back on the road. They have to go to Greenville. Uh, Greenville is the number one seed coming out of Region 1, 4A. They were the champions. Um, And, yes, they started two and three the first five games of the season. But you look at who they played. But then they changed quarterbacks. And when they changed quarterbacks, that offense just came alive and changed the entire outlook of that, that team and the 2022 season, and I can tell you firsthand, Serene Stadium, not a very friendly place to visit. I mean that with respect to Greenville fans. Uh, the Red Raiders, their home field, they're, they're knowledgeable fans. They make a lot of noise, and you are in a valley in Serene Stadium because you're down that hill. And it's – I don't know what it is, but every time I've been there, it's been, like, brutally cold. And and I think the high this weekend is only – or this Friday is only supposed to be, like, 45. So sun's going to go down. It's going to get a lot colder. And, you know, we're obviously in the in the dog days of November where you want to be as a playoff football team. But now the weather and the cold and stuff starts to come into play. And, you know, this past weekend they were saying that, you know, it wasn't supposed to be raining. 
but it was still spitting rain and misting mm-hmm. throughout the entire first quarter. Yeah, according so, to the, the Doppler radar and the so-called meteorologist, um, it was supposed to stop raining about 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock at the latest, but right. when we rolled up um, around 6.30 or so, it was misting, but the field was in really good condition. You could tell they had mm-hmm. drug it. Um, fairly new field at North Augusta. So, But we also know that with those rubber pellets and that artificial turf, that can become very slick. And mm-hmm. we saw that Friday night. There were some guys that were out in space, and the old turf gremlin would get them. And it, you, yeah. But but that slick turf, as Dabo Sweeney loves to say, is raining on both sidelines. So you still both teams had to deal with it, and both teams had did deal with it pretty well, considering circumstances. But you're right, it's going to be cold in Greenville. Now, other side of the bracket, real quick, the Indian Land Warriors, wow. What a heartbreaking way to, to have your season come to an end. They had they scored late. They had West Side down over in Anderson County. The Rams had it fourth and goal at the three and said, no, we're not going to kick the game-time field goal and go to overtime, even though that's what the quote-unquote book says because mm. you're at home. They went for it, and they got it. And a 39-35 victory, so the Indian Land Warriors season comes to an end, which means the Northwestern Trojans, who took Greenwood and picked them apart, like operation. (laughs) So the Trojans (laughs) will now take on the Rams. That will be at District 3 Stadium on Friday night. Catawba Ridge will hit I-85 and go to Greenville, South Carolina, to take on the Red Raiders in Serene Stadium, also Friday night, 7.30 kick. And if, for some reason and some miracle, Westside upsets Northwestern and Catawba Ridge was to beat Greenville, then because Catawba Ridge is a higher seed, they would be hosting the Upper a, State, uh, championship, the upper state right. championship. Right, yeah, because Catawba Ridge is a five seed, Westside is a six seed. So... There again, I think the miracle in and of itself would be Westside upsetting Northwestern because they they pretty much have their way with Wade Hampton and then Greenwood. And don't and don't forget, this is not Catawba Ridge's first visit this deep in the playoffs. They went to the Upper State Championship game two years ago, and they lost to a senior laden, huge AC Flora football team. Nothing to be ashamed of there. And even that night. Uh, being outmanned, outgunned the whole nine yards. It was cold that night, too, down in the Columbia area. But uh, Catawba Ridge has been here and, and worn that T-shirt, and here they go again. And you can see why Coach Zach Lindak, he says, be the why. You can tell that these players are buying into that. So should be fun to watch. Selfishly, obviously, the town's hoping they can find a way to beat Greenville and, and make a run to the Upper State Championship. Um Maybe get a little revenge on Northwestern, if possible. Get a little revenge on Northwestern, and then it's the battle. We're pretty sure it's going to be the battle of the Florences in the low country for the 4A title. Um, As for anybody left in the area, that's kind of it. Chester saw their season come to an end. They got beat by Powdersville. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Louisville Lions, they're still alive. The Andrew Jackson Volunteers, they're still alive. Uh, but other than that, I think that's pretty much it for the Tri-County area. Yeah, that that pretty much is it. So, um, I think A.J. has to play Barnwell, which I think is undefeated, 12-0. and So, that should be a good game. And then Louisville, they've kind of had a rebirth this year, and they're doing, they're doing amazing things. So, um, I'm not sure who they got, but 
I think they might have um, Christchurch. So, and I think that's a that's road a, game that, for them. That's, that's really, yeah. really a tough, right? And tough game. Christchurch Christ is, is a number really one good. seed, and 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 Louisville is a number one seed, both winning their region. So yeah, that's a that's going to be a hard game for Louisville. So, but the Lions. Maybe they'll roar and, and make something happen. But uh, best of luck to the Vols, to the Lions, and, of course, to Catawba Ridge. And we have some results from this week in cross country. And I'll admit it, I really thought that the state champion was going to be wearing black and red or blue and gold. And, unfortunately, the state champion ain't wearing either of those mm-hmm. colors. Uh, Nation Ford finished, I believe, ninth. The um, girls finished eighth, and the uh, boys finished third. And the boys finished yeah. third. And yeah. then the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets, I, well, I, the bridesmaid in both. Second and second for the boys and girls. Uh, one bright spot, obviously, was Olivia Cleveland uh, winning for Fort Mill, mm-hmm. the individual title. Uh, she ran an 18.30 in the, in the um, 5A girls race. And uh, she became the sixth consecutive individual state champion uh, in the sport from Fort Mill Township. You know, you had Katie Poe with four consecutive state championships. And then uh, her and Sam Rich both won a state championship in 2020. And then, obviously, she graduated after 2020. Sam Rich took titles in 2020 and 2021 for five straight. And then with uh, Miss Cleveland winning, you know, this this past week, um, that's six straight. It's crazy, and you don't really think about it because most of the time they all came from different schools. But that's six straight state titles for an individual runner from Fort Mill. From the same high school. That, from the same, from the same town and everything. So, yeah. And, and listen, that that is two more trophies at the case. Uh, you do get a trophy for finishing runner-up, and there's no shame in being runner-up. It's a silver trophy. It's really nice. Uh, the youngsters all get a medal. The coaches get a medal. And, hey, well-deserved. Um, look, no no shame in the game for a Nation Ford finishing eighth in, in one and third in the other either. I mean, that's – again, you have that many runners putting those n- amount of times up from the t- from the mill town. Mm-hmm. And not to be forgotten, obviously, the Catawba Ridge Copperheads, they competed in the 4A cross-country mm-hmm. championships. That was – also at Sand Hills the following day, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the, well, everything got moved because of this tropical storm, which really apparently messed everybody up. But um, that was moved to Saturday, so that was yesterday. And they finished eighth and ninth. The boys finished uh, eighth, and the girls finished ninth. Um, if I if I am correct on that, but uh, yeah, and that's you know they've lost a lot last year with you know Sam Rich, you know kind of leading that team. He's moved on. He's running for Notre Dame now. Um, cross country and track so they're kind of rebuilding after you know his stint they were second last year the boys team was in 4a and uh so yeah i mean if you look at it past two or three years fort mill teams regarding cross country have, have been right there fort mill boys won it last year second this year Catawba Ridge boys were second last year and they you know Nation Ford was was third this year, so it seems like running and swimming is uh, something that this town really seems to excel at. And you know, 
Mason Haynes finished second overall. Um, this Wando kid, Jake Lieber, Lieber, he uh, won it. So, um, you know, Mason was right there. You know, he was only uh, about 22 seconds behind. So, uh, you know, he's still got a bright future ahead of him. But this Wando kid, and, they, and that's the problem with, uh, you know, these gigantic schools like Wando. You don't see them that often, but then they come out of nowhere considering, you know, we're in the upper state, they're down in the lower state. You don't see them that much. You you know they're down there. You know they're always going to be a team to contend with no matter what you're playing, whether it's cross country or, or connect four. They're always there to, uh, you know, it seems like Wando's always there to, uh, you know, ruin people's day. And it kind of happened again this, you know, this time around. Well, speaking of bright futures and – players in the mill town uh there were two signing days uh there were a few signing days actually this past week keith nine falcons is that right nine falcons i mean that's a you got to put up some chairs it's a bird's in that nest. gym yeah in the bird's <laughs> nest uh it was held on wednesday and nine of them as you mentioned committed to their respective sports at the next level for the first signing day of the school year volleyball players kennedy martin and chelsea gilmore who we've covered a lot this fall uh, signed their uh, national letters of intent to play at Florida and West Point, respectively. Swimmers Emily Eaton and Mackenzie Riga will continue on at South Carolina and Providence, respectively. Alicia Lucas will be running track next at Iowa. That's a long way from home. Two girls soccer players, Caitlin Carroll and Mia Mitchell, will be attending Mississippi State and Maryland, respectively. Emma Scoverin. We'll go down to the coast of South Carolina and next play at Coastal Carolina and for softball. And last but not least, baseball player Luke Keller will take his bat, cleats, and glove to Coker University next year. Congratulations to all of these Falcons that are leaving the nest to higher heights next year. Best of luck to all nine of you. Yeah, and I, th I think they you just rattled off names that, that I know um, and – there's no doubt in my mind they're going to go off and do great things. Um, and, and, and like I said, the best of luck to them. We, we all wish them uh, well, both academically and athletically. And just they always make us proud, Milltown proud, when they do that at the next level. So um, there were four Fort Mill Yellow Jackets who signed uh, to play sports at the next level. You had a couple of sisters, the, the Rav sisters. They're going to do equestrian uh, side by side. They've been doing it since they were six years old side by side. 11 years later, what the heck? Keep doing it side-by-side side at the University of South Carolina. Both of their resumes just littered with honors. Uh, and I did have uh, an interview with them and asked them, what's it like being a sibling? And they said, well, we've, we've always lived together, and that's not going to change. So not really is a whole lot different. So uh, very interesting there. But they'll do great things at the University of South Carolina. Lydia Laney. Uh, Two-sport athlete at Fort Mill, basketball, lacrosse. Well, she signed with Xavier. Uh, she's going to play lacrosse for the, the Musketeers. The other Queen City. The other Queen City, all right. Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, that Keith knows really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, so she'll do great things. Um, she felt like lacrosse was a better fit uh, for her future. She's got wheels. I mean, she can just absolutely fly. Uh, so that'll be – she'll be quite the addition to the Musketeers. And then last but certainly not least, Natalie Michaelow, uh, another two-sport athlete for Fort Mill. She signed on to play lacrosse for the Furman Paladins. So 
Um, she's just a great all-around athlete. She's also got academic All-American honors as well. So if you put those two together, Furman's a perfect fit perfect. for her. Yeah. And, uh, she's going to do great things as well. So the best of luck to those uh, ladies. And then Catawba Ridge. Yeah, um, they really didn't hold a signing day. They've got some that are going to be doing something in the coming months. So uh, they, they kind of like to combine them all and do one big thing. And they hold it in their arena, their basketball court, which they affectionately call the arena. And uh, they, they put on the show. I mean, it's 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 always nice. Um, they usually bring out cupcakes, things like that, which obviously draws me and catches my attention. But um, – <laughs> They uh, That's they what do the media loves yeah so uh, <laughs> feed me they uh, but yeah they really uh, do a lot I know they had at least three or four uh, baseball players mm-hmm. signed but they didn't they didn't hold a ceremony because they'll be doing that later um, so yeah that'll they'll be probably maybe next month I know I think um, Nation Ford is having another signing next month officially Carson Black um, obviously he's leaving early and. We'll be going to University of Memphis in January. Um, so it's just amazing how many D1 commits that these three high schools have. You know, I mean, you yeah. got like SEC, ACC teams that, you know, you know we're, we're not sending people to podunk you. So. <laughs> no, and I'm glad you said that because – uh, Dylan Schaefer of the former Yellow Jackets. Mm-hmm. He formerly signed with UNC Wilmington mm-hmm. for the play for the Seahawks, another D1 school, Colonial Athletic Association, uh, the Seahawks program. Uh, they're always a tough out. I mean, they've they've been in that top two or three in the CAA. Uh, they're right up there. College of Charleston is defending regular season champions. The Seahawks were right there year before. I think it was Northeastern that had to beat the Seahawks to win the CAA tournament so uncw great place and, and dylan obviously will be a great addition to unc dub yeah um so it's just it's just crazy the number of people i think if i'm not mistaken one of the uh, nation four kids uh that just signed i think uh miss carol is leaving to go to mississippi state early to play uh soccer so she'll be leaving in january as well so um it's it's you know you look back and very proud of having all of these kids sign and going to major institutions of higher learning to to you know not only obviously you know get a degree um, but to, to play sports at that next level so and compete at the highest level at that and, yeah and because these I mean schools are no slouches either yeah because <laughs> I mean a lot of these sports they're playing in you know there's not really a, there's major league lacrosse but you know there's not really a lot of people that do that after mm-hmm. the fact. And then, you know, soccer, unless you're on the Olympics or stuff. And, and, you know, nowadays, you know, that just gets harder and harder to, you know, get into. So um, usually once they play at college after that, that's, you know, a lot of the times that's pretty much it. So to, to play at major Division One, SEC, ACC schools, stuff like that, it's a, it's a big accomplishment. And so uh, Rob really sure is that – did I forget anything? Are we forgetting something? I, I feel like I I'm forgetting so. something. Probably forgot something. But we probably forgot something. But we'll think about it in the car. On way. We're old and we didn't write it down. Hopefully there's always next week. So There is yeah, always unless next Unless we week. get canceled. And we promise next week there will be more about basketball 
Uh, we'll obviously talk about what happened with the Catawba Ridge football game. Uh, but we'll also talk, obviously, basketball. But we're going to touch on wrestling a little bit. Not wrestling. Not wrestling. All right. Don't don't watch AEW and Woo. WWE and come in here and think you're all caught up. No, no, no. We're talking about wrestling. <laughs> and uh, we'll have some uh, interesting notes about that as well. Going to reach out to some players and coaches, have some conversations. So uh, that's all I've got, boys. Appreciate your time as always, especially to come in here and record. And a special thank you to Gabe Tuper uh, for taking time out and, and sitting with us uh, knuckleheads and giving us a nice interview. We really appreciate it. Excellent and, young man. Yeah, absolutely. And you, if you are a student athlete in the Milltown, if you want to be on Mouthy Milltowners, it ain't that hard. All you got to do is reach out to us. See Keith Cook Jr. on Facebook. Mac Banks FM, Fort Mill Prep Sports. I'm John Turner. We are Fort Mill Broadcasting. We're all over Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can DM us. You can f- send us a messenger. You can send us a, a pigeon. Whatever is most convenient to you, we'd love to have you on. Please send us a pigeon. Just so you can say. Just so, just so we, we can say someone did that. Exactly. And you want to follow in that commercial that, that they have these days for the mail? Seen, please send him a pigeon with cupcakes. With yes. cupcakes, yes. And that's all you need. Oh, there's so. no cupcakes here today. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's going to do it for us this week. Oh, guys, I really appreciate it. So we're going to call it a day. And, again, folks, we're on the Apple platform. Please leave us a review. There's got five stars. We'd love it if you could click on the five stars. If you want to leave us a comment, please do. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, any suggestions or comments to make us better, we're always interested in that. So on behalf of... My man Keith Cook, take, keeping things down on A.O. Jones Boulevard. He's Mac Banks. He's just, he's keeping like Linda Dryer. Down. He's everywhere. I'm John Turner. I'm doing absolutely nothing but sitting in a chair. We will see you crazy kids next week for another edition of Mouthy Milltowners.